Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. A couple of things first. Johnny's going to be a little bit late. And, of course, Master... Is it Master Sergeant? Chief. Chief, Chief Master Sergeant Hergenretter is already in the... Uh, in enemy territory. It's Washington, D.C. That's right. Yes. So, uh, He's got combat pain going on He will be gone for five months, so I would ask you to uh, consider him in prayer, consider his, his family, and of course, he's left just as his uh, eldest daughter has snapped off the top of her tibia from the rest of it. I mean, literally snapped it off right there. Yeah, so instead of doing a knee replacement, they plated it and bolted it together. So she's like this for five months. And the you bet they are. She was. So anyway, uh, so Johnny is, uh, is going to be a little late, but before he gets here, um, you might want to snatch this. This is the Disputation of Barcelona, 1286, Ramban was uh, selected or elected or chosen to argue against uh, Pablo Cristiani, a Jew who converted to Catholicism, and uh, it was a disputation that the Jews won. He got paid, Ramban got paid, and then was promptly um, kicked out of the, out of the country. Um, but this is a movie that was actually done with some, some real-name actors and actresses that I know. And it's awesome. It's about, uh, I think, an hour long. And Johnny lent it to me probably a year ago, and I just now watched it. So um, if you want to snatch that before he gets here and then tell him that you've got it instead of me, that'd be great. Between Heaven and Hell by Peter Kreeft. This is a book, uh, Dialogue Somewhere Beyond Death, with John F. Kennedy, C.S. Lewis, and Aldous Huxley. It's excellent. It makes you stop and think. It's like they're in a waiting room to get into heaven, if you will, and the three of them have time to chit-chat. So they go through some theological arguments about, is there a God? Well, if there is a God, who's on the other side? You know, that kind of deal. That's good stuff. Um, I think they died on the same day. They all, three of them died on the same day. November 22nd, 1963. And C.S. Lewis are some of my favorite authors. There you go. Seven men who rule the world from the grave... This is more uh, um, political than anything else, but um, it really is pretty cool. Um, Charles Darwin, Karl Marx, Julius Wellhausen, John Dewey, Sigmund Freud, John Maynard Keynes, and Soren Kierkegaard. Um, Unbelievable. So, there you have it. The book is about their lasting effect on our society and perhaps the downfall of our society. But I digress. (sighs) (laughs) All right. 
Maybe he's maybe he disqualifies him. God, man. Thank God. That's, that's, disqualifies him. That's right. All right. A little, um, a little graphic here on the whiteboard. We begin at Nissan the first month of the year. We go to Tishrei the seventh month of the year. The eighth is Cheshvan. And then we went to Kislev, which we just finished last week. And we're now in Tibet, the tenth month. The eleventh month is Shvat. And then Adar. And if it's a leap year, instead of adding a day, we add an entire month. Adar 2 would come in here. But after Adar, we're back in Nisan. Now, why do I bring this up? Because I think that you can picture our Julian calendar without even thinking about it, right? It's getting cold. You think, oh, we're moving towards Thanksgiving and then towards Christmas, and then right after that we fall into the new year, right? Okay, so I want you to start to be able to do that with God's calendar, right? So Tishrei, what's in Tishrei? Why did I put that there? The seventh month of the, of the year. We have Tsar with Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. Well, wait a minute, the head of the year, but God said that Nisan would be the first month of the year for you. So how is it that Tishrei would be, would be Rosh Hashanah and have the head of the year? Rosh, head? Jews were confused after they came back with that. That's what it was. They just didn't get that Jewishness thing. No, come on. Yeah. We've got, a, we've got a bunch of New Year's. We've got a New Year for trees. We've got a New Year for Sukkot. We've got a New Year for the Shemitah year. We've got a New Year for the Yovel. What, when do you start counting that Shemitah year? After Sukkot, right? After Sukkot. So it's got to be at, at Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, right? Oh, what about the Yovel? Right after Sukkot. I mean, it's right in Tishrei. Okay. It, it's actually before that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually before that. So there's a lot of New Year's. So if somebody says, well, that's not the New Year, I thought it was... Okay, well, they're just not paying attention. There's a lot, there's a lot of New Year's. But the two which is the New Year Right. But to the point of That's why we have these months of Tishrei and, and it being called Rosh Hashanah. We should never call it Rosh Hashanah. It's not Rosh Hashanah. That's anti-biblical to call it Rosh Hashanah, which is all just nonsense. Because God actually gave us uh, three things that take place during that time that are heads of year. Absolutely. Counting them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And additionally, Rosh Hashanah is believed to be the anniversary of the creation of man. Correct. Which is why it's the start of the civil year. Rather than the religious year. Sure. Good. It's not. It is not. Now, so what I want you to get is the back half of the year, because that's that's what's just happened for us with with the Julian calendar, right? So the seventh, eighth, Cheshvan, and Kislev. What's in Kislev? Hanukkah on the twenty fifth, right? It's the only holiday that falls on the twenty fifth. So some people say, well, Christmas on the twenty fifth of the month. The 25th is Kislev, not December. You got the month wrong. That's the problem. Okay, then Tibet. Now, what do we have in Tibet? Tenth month? Fast. Fast. The fast of the tenth month. 
right? Which the prophet spoke of that will be turned into gladness when Messiah comes back. So we've got that fast, and that's this Thursday if you're not paying attention. It's an easy fast, sunrise to sunset. You can still do dinner. You'll be fine. Shabbat, the next month. What's in Adar? Purim. Yes, on what day? Shabbat, that's right. And that's in, is that the new year for trees, right? And then, um, and you've got the tithing of the other stuff that's before Tishrei. But yes, in Adar, we have, on the 14th, we have Purim. What do you got on the 13th? Esther's, Esther's fast, right? She fasted for three days, three nights. That, that'll work. We can, we can work with that. Um, but yeah, there's a fast there. So we've got a fast here. We've got a fast here. We've got, besides this fast, how many other fasts? The fast of the 4th, the fast of the 5th, the fast of the 7th, Gedaliah, right? And the fast of the 10th. So there's four fasts, plus Esther, right? Plus Yom Kippur, plus the fast of the firstborn for Pesach, right? Tishbaav. Oh, did I have it already? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's like seven fasts already out of 12 months. So it should be a, a regular thing for us, okay? And then we fall back into Nissan. So we're, we're right in here now. It'll be no time before we hit Nissan, right? So I, I say this because who is it that's supposed to clue your wife in that we're coming up on a time where we might want to start slowing down the amount of leaven we purchase, right? Okay, so that's coming up here and the fast days. Alrighty, questions on that? This is the back half of the year. The top half of the year we'll talk about once we get into Nisan. In this back half of the year, what is it that we're praying God will provide? Yeah, we'll provide rain for this time so that the crops that we talk about here will happen, right? And what is it we read here in this top half? The Pirkei Avot, right? The Ethics of the Fathers. What do we read here? Borkinafshi, right? The Borkinafshi we read during here. All right? Good, 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 good. No questions on that? We're fine. Everybody's calendar experts now. Yes, sir. Borkinafshi. It's in your, uh, it's in your sitter. I can't, I can't remember why my kids sing Borkinafshi, but they do. Uh, I, I, I don't know why that is, but. Uh, why is Yeah, why did we do that, Pete? That's the female of the species that's doing that. Okay. Yes, indeed. Uh, I've got to find the... Here, find, find that uh, in here. You'll find it in the table of contents while I get started. Is it... Does it sound like that? Does it really? Yeah. Well, actually, no, it's different variations. There's a surprise, right? Yeah. Well, that tune is... It's a what song? That's Kol Nidre. That's Kol Nidre? Yes, that's true. I have a recording of, uh, I can't remember his name now, it's completely gone. No, 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 I mean an old guy. Um, But we'll look at that, we'll look at that. All right. Did I have the music playing? Would you hand me that iPod, please? Or you can just press... Press the button and press pause. 
I, yeah, I know. For those over there, yeah, where I was sitting studying, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> that's uh, music for book lovers. It's a great, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, it's a, okay. I felt smart. <laughs> 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 All right, so what I'd like to talk about tonight, did you find it? Borky Nasha? Yeah. Um, what I'd like to talk about tonight is character. Character. So I want you to just stop. Yeah, we're full of characters, yeah. So what I want you to do is um, I, I want you to stop and think, and you're an employer. And you're about to hire a new employee. And I would like to know what character traits, not skills, what character traits would you look for in this man? I'm ready to write down, jump out, yes. An effective communicator. Of course you would, yeah. Effective communicator. Okay, so you know what I'm going to do? Communicator. I'm going to put that under skill. Right. So let's try and get a character trait. Integrity. Integrity. I think that comes out to be one, two, three, four, nine. It's a nine dollar word. So what is integrity? Circumstance. Yeah. Give me another definition. I think some would say it's doing what's right when no one's watching. Here it is. But I would also append that within this day and age, doing what's right when everyone's watching. Which is sometimes harder. That's actually very good. Impressive. So I think a combination of these will help us to understand integrity. I like that. Since you brought it up. Would you count yourself? I beg your pardon. Would you count your father as a man of integrity? <laughs> Another trait: honesty. Honesty. Who said that? How do you define honesty? No, no, no. Be honest. Okay, okay. Who said that? Yeah, I did say it, but he said it to me, and I think I read it. Who said it? It was a general. It was a southern general. That's the only generals there were. Ouch. Said by a true southerner, right? I don't think it was Stonewall Jackson. It was, it was Jackson's boss. It was General Lee. Yeah. Speaking the truth, truthfully. What? Now, what does that mean? No ah, no allowing someone to make some assumptions. You just lay it all out. Good. 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 Uh, to to reflect on the man, though, he would never offer his opinion if 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 it was hurtful, if it was not important. That sounds like so a type of man. Blabbing off and saying, "Hey, it's the truth." Right. That, that sounds like a type of man that we study here. What kind of man is that? A tariq. Ah, okay. 
Sweetie, how do you like this hat? You need to come up with a better answer than that hat doesn't look good on you. Or another way of saying it, let me ask you, since you brought it up, would you count yourself as an honest man? How do you like this keeper? I'm not only kidding. Okay. Trick question. Give me another character trait. But Ken, you blew it on the front end. Andrew, give me a skill. Someone who fears the Lord. Okay. Now, that I give me. That's true. Give me, give me a character trait. What do I call that? Give me a give me a moniker for that. I like it. What do we call it? It, it, an honest man is honest. A lover of truth. I think he's. I think he's beyond there. What What do we call that? Moral. What moral? I'm still. There's something there that moral doesn't cover. Jonathan. Godliness and cleanliness. Those work together. Godliness, fear of the Lord. Oh. Well, it's, no. oh. Does that work? Um, I was thinking, I mean, if you carry the train of thought out, it's con- conformity to the image of Christ. Conformity to the Somebody image of Messiah. That's uh, an aspect of fear of the Lord. Humility. I would put that as a separate character trait because I don't know that if you have a fear of the Lord, you're necessarily humble. Oh, well, yeah. I, I think so. I think you've... I, I think we've... I, let me ask you this. In the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of knowledge. And then if... It does. So we're gonna we're gonna put a star here because it may actually summarize a lot of what we're talking about. But where you just went and coming up with obedient, I think, will start us out. So let me. And that goes in. That goes into love too. Well, it's the other. It's the it's the flip side, right? It's. And we, we talked about that in our class, right, from uh, Joshua with the, the wings on the bird. You, you know, one without the other causes, you know, circular, you know, whatever. That's very good. Now, so, but. That's, that's what I was about to say, Solomon, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it's fear the Lord and obey his commandments. It's the second to last verse in the book. I mean, he summarizes with that, right? Fear the Lord, obey his commandments always or forever. So, would you count yourself as a man who fears the Lord? Um, not perfectly, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Good, good. Can we do anything perfectly yet? But the desire is there. Good. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right, give me another one. I'll let you go again. Go ahead. What would you say? Humility? I was going to say something in line with that. I was going to say reverence of I like the humility thing better. Can we put that down? Yeah. All right. That's... As an employer, I would want someone who's hardworking. Stand by. 
Humility. Why would you want someone working for you that has humility or is humble? Or, as we used to say in a generation ago, humble. Because they're under authority. Because they're under authority. Ah, under authority. And you will know their, their motives. They're not there for self-glorification. Good. Who do we just read about that is the epitome of this? No question, right? I mean, he's not out for himself. I mean, he's working for Potiphar. And bam, the guy's top shelf. Good. The antithesis would be absolute. Sure. Yeah, stepping out. The whole deal. Yeah, not cutting his hair. Probably had a beard. Yeah, you know. Okay. Um, Didn't wear the uniform. Would you count yourself as a humble man? Okay. Had you said yes, we would have said no. But you said no, or sort of. But so, okay, so we can go yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, give me another one. Hardworking. Can I use diligent, or is that... Diligent sounds... You like diligent. It's, you know, I like the $9 words. Diligent. That's right. That's right. So, so diligent. Hardworking. So... How would you describe this in, in real terms for me without any biblical reference? Well, I think just reference. from an employer's perspective, it's someone who, um, when they're supposed to be working, they're working. They're not, they're not spending the, the employer's money by doing their own stuff. Okay. So the person who's running an auction site while they're at work Using the employer's internet. I think that goes under well, does it go under honesty, or does it go under a lack of integrity, or does it lack of diligence, or holy cow, we've got all kinds of problems? He's, he's not being, thievery. He's not being diligent by not working like what he's supposed to be, and then he's also being dishonest and lacking in integrity by using his employer's stuff for non-work purposes. Well, who does this remind me? This reminds me of, of King David, right? King David, who when he sinned with Bathsheba had declared that he had sinned against the Lord and had violated, seemingly, all of the commandments. And you lay them all out, and you, know, you, can, you can go through most of them where he's, he's made this mistake. Okay, now is that two? You want two for one, just because you're wearing brown today and you matched. What color socks are those? Are those brown socks, too? Wow. Reliable. <laughs> Reliable and trustworthy. Now, I, I'm seeing these as two different ones. Can you help me? Reliable. Well, reliable meaning the person shows up on time. Uh, they, uh, they perform their duties appropriately. You can, you, can, you give them a task. And you can rely on it being done. No, it'll get done. What's the difference between reliability and integrity? Is this how they do it, and this is that they do it? Would you work with that? How they do it. How they do it is with integrity. That they do it is reliability, perhaps? You can work with that? Okay. Not that I've been studying these words for hours on end. How about trustworthy? Now, you see this as two different things. Uh, Well, I I think they're related. So you're trusting that the guy's going to get there on time, but you know he's going to get there on time because he's reliable. So what's trustworthy? Well, trust... uh, I guess, I guess in my mind, reliability, I usually associate with doing 
something. Okay. Trustworthy is more about um, can I give this person confidential information? Ah, and he can keep and I can trust it. that he'll keep it confident. You know. So it's not that he's doing I haven't asked him to do a task mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it's mm. more yeah, it's more so an active and a passive. I like that. I like that. Again, would you count yourself as reliable? I certainly attempt to be. Are we going to get these wishy-washy answers? It is pretty crummy, isn't it? Yeah. Are you a tzaddik? Well, you know, I try to be. Okay. I know you're trustworthy. I won't even ask you. Yes, sir. Didn't you have your hand raised? I did, yes. It looked like you weren't ready. No, you know what? It just came to me now. Um... About these two, uh, reliable and trustworthy. Um, as we were uh, discussing this, I was thinking, could it be in terms of the relationship between the employer and the employee that the employer will trust the employee and the employee will reciprocate by being reliable? So can it point to a relational dynamic? I can certainly tell you, as an employer... If you're unreliable, I just discount your trustworthiness immediately. I, I mean, just one can't go without the other. If you're trustworthy and you're not reliable, I'd be jacking you up. I'd want to know what in the world is, is going on, right? Because they seem to be joined at the hip. And if there's an inconsistency there, something's up. Right. Okay, good, good. Yes, sir? If I'm the It's a two-way street. It's like me putting faith in something. Right. Okay. My faith is only as good as the object of my faith. There you go. So it's the same thing with trust. I mean, so really, I'm, I'm trying to put it in words, but if he doesn't fear the Lord, then and the, and the words and the Lord is not working in him, then you really can't trust God at all. Well. Then you discount completely the moral man. It is a fact that we have non-believers that are trustworthy. Or show themselves to be trustworthy. They demonstrate that they are trustworthy. One of the things that comes into play there is experience. I mean, part of trustworthiness is built up by, this is one reason why you have a resident right. experience, as you have references, you're going to talk about how who you are, and then you earn it by working with Sure. So the employer watches you over time. They entrust you with things. You come through on it. Yeah. They assume you're going to do that in the future. Yeah. Trustworthy men can be lost like that. Too. Sure. Because it's all reputation based. Each one, of, each one of these things, by the way, is demonstrable. Yeah. These are. We're not talking about. We're not talking about actuality, which is what if you ask the question. Everybody's actually answering what they sense is true in their own lives, not what is demonstrable. There are things you can do. And if it's not something that you can actually do, it's having done something else, you've demonstrated one of these in the doing. The wishy-wasser answers are because people recognize that what's unseen is not always as, is much more clear to them than what's seen. Yes. 
Whereas when we look at each other, all we see is what's seen. That's right. That's right. And we know our own hearts to a certain extent. So then what you say you are is what you do. So then would it be fair to say... Whoa, 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 whoa. What I say I am is what I do. I don't think that's true. Trustworthiness. What you say you are. In other words, what you filled out on the application. In other words, what you're presenting, your experience is demonst- trustworthy is demonstrated. It's demonstrated. Do. Previous employers are yeah. all trustworthy. Right. That's all true. So then would it... Okay. I would say if I'm t- we're talking about filling out the employment app, oh, now we're down to integrity. You know, are you the guy that writes down, well, you know, I had this job, but I was fired because I was smoking dope in the bathroom. You know, well, that's integrity. This is an extreme form of honesty, but I just don't know if it's going to get you the trustworthy medal. You know, okay. All right. I think, yeah. Trustworthy I th- is definitely something that I think you can only, to the extent we can ascertain somebody's trustworthiness, it can only be done over time. Yes. Yeah, it's like, well, I, I ask you. Trustworthy, you don't know who they are. Well, I, I ask you this. Is there anything on here that can be demonstrated by just meeting the person? No. Doesn't all of this come over time? Johnny. Yeah, well, honesty can be demonstrated in, in one but you still need an instance. Is your shirt blue? Yes. Is your shirt purple? No. However, if you establish that, it, like we're talking about over time, that's where you start to see the trend of trustworthiness. I think, I think also with honesty. Giving me one honest answer doesn't make you an honest man. Agreed. It may make you very wise for that moment, though. <laughs> yeah. Good. So all of these need to be done. Any others that you would add if you're looking to hire... An employee. Yes, sir. Perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer to all of those is always yes. Yeah. Resilience. Doesn't that depend on your boss? Careful. Careful. We'll get the job Is resilience a necessary trait when you're hiring an employee? And what do you mean by resilience? A combination of patience and long suffering. In other words, how do you handle Yeah. Yeah. 1911, 45 caliber. Are we looking for characteristics that we're looking for if we're willing to hire? Character traits if you're going to hire a man. Okay, flexibility. There has to be flexibility. Really? Really? Why? For what? Flexibility. Tell me why I should put flexibility down. If there's a project and it has to be out, well, and someone's scheduled to get off at 5 o'clock, it, it has to be on so-and-so's desk at 8 o'clock in the morning. You might have to be flexible put in a little, a little late night that night. Okay. You, you would, have to be, if, if I have these traits, would that be a natural follow-up? Yeah, I would kind of put it under diligence, like doing the job. It's get-or-done type of work. Or perseverance. Even, yeah, or perseverance. Even after the hour, done. <laughs> well, you know, I, had, I, had a, I had a 
Not the people sitting in this room. Uh, exactly. I was going to say, you know, not anyone in this room, but the idea that, oh, I've finished learning. You know, flexibility comes with, you know, okay, I, I need to learn this, I need to learn this, I need to learn this. And if no one's going to teach me, I have to teach myself. I think I'm going to put that in these. Okay. But I'm, I'm hearing you. I like it. Yes? Resourceful. Uh, sell me. Turn water out of a rock. Sure, that'd be nice. Or into wine. That's even better. <laughs> Somebody, I'd hire him. That's right. <laughs> I'd be looking for his brother, too. <laughs> Somebody that can, um, you know, if they're, if they're given a project and maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a little ambiguity there or whatever, they can figure it out. They can, they can, they're able to go, um, kind of, they're able to go pull together whatever uh, resources they need, information or whatever, to use Google, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, initiative. Yeah, it, they show initiative, uh, that, that type of thing. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide in under the wire. I'd like to Would you always look for a leader? Would you always look for a leader? Always? Always. No, we don't need always. Because an army of chiefs is not always. I really have been waiting for that one. And I'd, uh, loyalty. Now, why is that important, Alex? basically shows that you're you're pouring into the life the lives of the people you're working with. You're not just doing a job. Okay. Yeah, just there for a paycheck. Would would you say, if I could paraphrase, that it's some of the glue yeah. that makes all this worthwhile? Because yeah. it's not just the guy, it's the guy being part of the team to which he's being added. Otherwise he can be picked off by just a little more money. Psst. Exactly. Which may not violate his integrity based on what he said when he was hired. Good. I like that. I think loyalty is important. Would you consider yourself loyal? How let other people speak to any character? A wise response <laughs> from a wise man. With regard to that, I think loyalty, just like the trouble we were having with trustworthiness and reliability, is that it, there is an implied relationship. Yeah. There's someone. Yeah, that's good. Um, because the master said you can't serve two masters. If you got the one who's bad and you have your own master, there's going to be that pull. That's good. Relationship is important. Yes, sir? Self-control. You're not going through the fruit of the Spirit in your head, are you? I just want to make sure. I'm not joking. I actually saw this on an application that I was looking at. Do you have self-control? Because self-control is important when you're dealing with any kind of customer uh, vendors, any, if you deal with anyone, even inside the company, but especially outside, 
if you're easily frustrated, if you get impatient, if you deal with all the, if you can't control yourself in challenging situations, you're going to do irreparable harm to the company. Once again, another trait that is impossible to tell unless they do it. So, would you count yourself as a man with self-control? Generally, yes. Generally, yes, especially when you're around my daughter. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. I like to say with loyalty, I think intrinsic to loyalty is commitment to the purpose of the company, to the vision of the company. Okay, so again, another a relationship there, whether the company, the, the morals and all that. Okay, uh, we, we probably could add a few more. So, now I'm going to take out the red pen. And I'd like you to help me now as we cross off any of the ones that you don't think I love the way you effectively communicated all of these with us. Um, I'd like to I'd like to cross off all of the ones that you don't think should be on the list if we're talking about a tzaddik, and specifically and especially a tzaddik who's in this class. So, should should you be loyal? I mean, we can cross that off, right? Yeah. We don't need to be loyal. We need to be loyal? To what or to whom should we be loyal in this class? To Hashem. Well, now I've got a problem. Is he only with the class? Or am I loyal to Hashem and his word? Always. So, let's move on. Maybe you get confused. How about resourcefulness? Should we be resourceful in this class? Should a tzaddik be resourceful? Would you count a tzaddik as a resourceful man? Why? Give me a nine dollar theological term. Yeah, stewardship. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Everything. It is. It is there. It's good. Absolutely. Being resourceful is actually an element that comes into play there. Or even with halakha. For example, the, the sages were very careful in trying to deal with when you execute someone. It's a very serious thing to put someone to death. So they would, you know, we're going to go through the whole gamut. We got two witnesses. Let's, saw one thing, let's, saw let's see what we can do to disqualify these guys yeah. as so best we can. In other words, your resourceful attempts to achieve not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of it. Excellent. Excellent. Resourceful. He you used, bet. He used, he used, to he get used, her out of that. He used the Torah, and he also used tradition as mm-hmm. a means to uh, diffuse the entire situation. Absolutely. And if you if you want to do some hokey pokey with the writing in the in the dirt there, you know, there's no telling what he did with that. You know, trying to make that. Now we're not gluttony. We're not gluttony. Solomon, I mean... You can talk to me. We can talk to you. Yeah. Um, 
once again, just for yourself, yeah. for your own pleasure, for, you know, for, to have no one around. You know? Whereas if I'm doing it for you, it now turns into generosity. It's good. Honesty. Slam dunk. Why talk about it? Fear of the Lord, love of the Lord. I mean, I mean, we actually had class on that, right? I mean, it's, that's the epitome of how we can look and view all of these things together. Humility. If there's any people who should be under authority, hello, it's us, right? Yeah. Diligence. Isn't, aren't we supposed to be studying the Word that way? I mean, shouldn't we be sh- showing ourselves approved unto all men? Reliable and trustworthy? I mean, there it is, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking for something to cross off. Someone with perseverance or self-control. Okay. So... Not the employer. But I would I would say, suppose you're looking for a son in law. We have more than one daughter, it should be noted. <laughs> Three unmarried oop. One taken, two left. Seriously, if you're looking for a son-in-law, and I'm going to try and put this on both sides, so let me let me use these guys. All right, you have beautiful daughters, only because you have a beautiful wife. But no, no, I digress. All right, there it is. Oh, yes. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. All right. So you have daughters, but you also have a son. So. I think, at least my perspective is, you should be raising a man who's on here. And at the same time, looking for a man who's just like your son. Amen? Does anyone disagree? There was 40 minutes of class gone right there with that one thing. Yes? I'm going to share this on Erev Shabbat after I read Proverbs 31. I look at my son and I say, Luke, this is exactly the kind of woman you want to marry. Grace, this is the kind of woman you want to be. There it is. Isn't that great? There it is. I, uh, I've, I've, I've said to Pete, see that girl at the end of the table? That's what pretty really is, inside and out. There it is. All right, so my, my point in this exercise is to try and define who we are supposed to be. If you're a dad... It's who you're looking for. In this case, you're relying on other dads. I can tell you, there's not a lot of dads on which to rely. (laughs) If you are a young man, your father should be guiding you to fulfill these. Amen? Hey, Shorty, you hear me? Okay, good. All right? And then finally...
does that mean? Son of the commandment in Aramaic, which is why it's bar and not ben. But you never hear, we're going to go to a ben mitzvah. It just never happens. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So, what, what is this saying? What's the concept of a bar mitzvah? He is a man. He's a man. Give me some more. He's not this yet, right? What is it? He's now responsible for observing and being obedient to God's commandments on his own. I like that. I like that. I'm looking for a $9 word I haven't heard yet, but that's excellent. He's taking on the yoke of the fear of heaven, accountability, and the yoke of the commandments. That's good. I like that. I was going to say accountability. Accountability. That's good. Responsible. That's good, too. Submitted. Submitted to God. I still haven't heard it. You haven't nailed it. Describe God and give three examples. Right? What? He's surrendering. That's very good, and actually, we can only hope. I think this is what bar mitzvah means to me. Are you listening to me? You can hear me. You can see me, right? Okay. It's an expectation. And it's nothing more than that. It's an expectation that you are going to be starting or continuing to work on what was on the board. That's what it is. It's an expectation that there's no excuse. It's not, oh, he's so young. It's success gone. The last excuse for a man is gone. You're going to step to the plate, and we expect of you exactly what we expect from the older men. You just haven't been practicing as long as we have. Which gives you the opportunity to put us to shame. But you have to do that nicely because of all the other things that were on the board. <laughs> you have an opportunity to do it without making a mistake. Amen. And if you have a righteous father's teaching, then it gives you a better chance at going to the next level. I mean, that's one of the ideas behind the shooting the arrow. Not only can I project someone to the future chronologically, but I can also, by raising my children correctly, have the potential to then make them better people than I could have ever been. That's exactly right. In the end result, two things happen. Three things happen. Number one, your father is glorified and lifted up and praised. Second, our master Yeshua is lifted up and praised. Glory. And third, we can change the world. It's as simple as that. I'm hoping and expecting that you younger guys are going to change the world because I'm about worn out. That's the whole idea. That multi-generational faithfulness that we see. Sure, sure, yeah. Amen. Just following. Excellent. Excellent. You know, sociologically, you see the opposite actually occur more often. Sociologically, what does that mean? In a society, in a culture, almost every culture, you see the opposite. Each generation is more debased than the previous. Yeah. 
uh, with rare exceptions. I mean, there are times when it changes, mm -hmm. uh, and it's usually something very dramatic. We call it an awakening. We call it a revival. Whatever else, even if it's in a, a under a, a pagan uh, culture, it's still somehow considered to be more conservative. It's mm -hmm. considered to be a revival. So, yeah. so yeah. what we're what we're describing, what we're describing here, is is something that is a uh, a perpetual revival, where where it's uh, against a norm, unbroken chains, and and because it's against the norm, it's even more dramatic. Mm. Uh, so that so each yeah. it's exponential. So yeah. each generation, at, in faithful uh, conveying of of these char character uh, traits, each generation is exponentially better than their peers. Amen. Yeah, even if they remain the same, right? Real quick, I had a really interesting teaching one time on this kind of issue. Um, there was a father who was in Jerusalem who had Teo ever down to like his waist, really long, curly hair. The colony came out to shave your beard. They think okay, that that literally grew all the way up. And someone asked him, "Why are your pants so long? I mean, clearly, you're going way beyond any of the expectations." He said, "I wear my payout down here." so that my son will wear them here, so that my grandson will keep them at the level they're supposed to be. That's cool. So in other words, teaching us that, you know, especially as fathers, our standard of ourselves, we can't be hoping our kids are better than we are. That's exactly right. Hope will not cut it. Well, and just kind of pick up on that thought, I mean, to me, as a father, the, the, uh, you know, the greatest fear I have is that my children don't take ownership of their faith and their walk you yeah. know, with God for themselves. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many, I'm sure we all know people and heard stories, right? You know, Practicing the, dad's religion. The kid, that's a common thing. You know, yeah, there. MKs. Right. So, in the, in, in, sorry. In the children, <laughs> so, see, an anomaly. I told you. Until son or daughter can genuinely take hold and ownership of the faith, of that faith um, for themselves and internalize it for themselves, you know, with, with the help of the Spirit and so forth, uh, then, you know, without that, they are, they're, they're a ticking time bomb. That's right. And, and it will end up like everyone else. Possible for them to internalize or naturally do anything unless they're born again, and that's why we pray for the miraculous work of their rebirth in the midst of imitating us. And to your point, I guess that goes to the issue of hard circumcision. You know, that's really what we're, we're going for. Pray to Him on your own, and that's why I pray that my um, Heavenly Father would reveal Himself to my children Amen. in Yeshua, because I can't make them care about their own souls or care about Him at all. They can imitate me, and that may even have a temporal generational effect. But compared to eternity, you know, they're not born again. Yeah. My, my experience is that the unregenerate, the non-saved, those not raised in the church, those not raised in Judaism, have a really clear antenna to see hypocrisy. 
They can pick it out of a crowd. So I don't think you're going to get the multi-generational faithfulness from the, the kids who just kind of copy dad's stuff. It's going, to, it's going to drop off in the next generation because their, his kids are going to see, dad's faking it. This, this guy's not saved. They won't know that, but they'll realize, it's a bunch of crap. Standard statistic today is that basically everyone goes to church, then they go to college, then they get married, have kids, come back to church. In other words, the idea is they get out on their own until they learn the lessons the hard way, they leave the faith of their parents. That's right. Because it wasn't theirs. That's right. And there's some dramatic and marked exceptions to that. Orthodox Judaism being one of them. And part of that is, uh, and you, you named the reason why, part of that is because Christians historically raise pagans. Yeah. Uh, they, they play the game that you're not part of the family till some magic date, some magic words, and now now you're part. And, and the damage that that does is that it, it gives some children the false, or young adults, the false sense of security. So that then when they are exposed to the world on their own, bam, bam, it's gone. Well, they can't defend their faith in any way. And that's all that matters. Yeah, and they can't defend that faith. That's exactly right. That's why we have those those four questions when we have Pesach, right? It's kind of like a uh, line from the Matrix. You know, you have to know you're in. You know, it's like you know you're the one. Mm. You know you're grafted, and only you can know it. Well, it's true. And you need to test it. All right. Final, final point, and we'll take a break. I am convinced and have come to believe with absolute clarity that this expectation that I have of each of you and that I hope you have of me and that we all in the room definitely have of you and you is that this cannot come to pass. unless you build godly habits. That's the bottom line, guys. This cannot happen. These character traits cannot come to pass unless you build godly character. And you do that by building godly habits. If it's your habit to rise long before day and spend a time in prayer, that will pay off in great dividend. If it's your habit to spend a portion of your income on the needy, especially the widow and the orphan, this will cause itself to change your character. If it is your habit to study His Word diligently so that you can find the truths that God would reveal through His Word, then this will bear great fruit. It only comes through habits. It doesn't come by magic. It doesn't come overnight. And it doesn't come if you just sit on the couch. Somebody say Amen. Yeah, he's, he's using the, uh, the soldier, the athlete, and I think the farmer, right? So and if you look at those, you're seeing the diligence, the sweat necessary. How many of you guys have actually sweat studying the Bible? <laughs> Come on. I'm not talking about because you were outside and it was summer. That's sweat. I mean, I'm talking. That's, that's big, right? Right? And the soldier staying, staying and keeping the faith even through adversity because you've got orders. And the farmer, 
planting and diligently watering, knowing that you will get a crop at the end. I mean, this is these are great, great examples. Those are off page. It's interesting that Paul did that because what he's showing is he's showing it's about life, not religion. Exactly, and it doesn't matter what you do for a living. Everything that you're doing. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, what and and what is it we're supposed to be hungering for? Righteousness will be filled. Right. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, and if you do that, then you're going to fulfill that expectation that not only the people in this room have, but the Lord Himself has, because these habits are going to eventually build that character. Constantly, not just the culture. And that a great motivation for us to understand uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is that this is our reasonable service. That's it. We are nonconformists. We are being transformed through the renewing of our minds. Gentlemen, you need to be a sniper easy pick. It's as simple as that. If a sniper can't pick you off because your habits are not there, because there's no consistency to your walk, because you're not regular in your habits, if a sniper can't get you, shame on you. Sniper should be able to pick you off, piece of cake. You want to do a little study? Do a little study. It was his habit. It was his custom, as was his custom. Check it out. Not just in the apostolic writings. You just look. And you, you look for other phrases like that. And you will see. You've got David asking the question. Hey, who's going to find you in the night watches? Who are you going to find out there, Lord? It's going to be me. I'm out there. The Levite walk on the wall. We need to be so regular in what we do that a sniper could take us out in a heartbeat. Because we're known that way. We've earned the reputation. And I pray that for each one of you. That it would be so obvious and so consistent that everyone will just go, well, yeah, it's fill in the blank. It's got to be. Let's take a break.